You're listening to the Glad Tidings Church podcast, available on Podbean and iTunes. Can you stand with me for the reading of the word of the Lord today? Amen. We've been talking about the God of this city and praying for our cities and our communities and asking the Lord to bring about a powerful move of His Spirit in all of the areas where we live. And so we're continuing to do that. And each week... If you have the booklet, I think we still have a few of these left, uh, that actually have a prayer for every day, you can get a phone app and, uh, through waymakers.org to continue the prayer emphasis. And we've been praying for different people groups every day. Sometimes we pray for teachers. Sometimes we pray for prisoners. Sometimes we pray for city officials. And so this is, we're saturating and blanketing our area with prayer. And today our, we're continuing with the theme, God of this city. But for this week, beginning today through next Sunday, there's a theme of evangelism. And we're talking about evangelism of every area. The term evangelism comes from the term evangel, which in the Greek is euangelion, which means really good news or the gospel. And so today, we're going to talk about the importance of the message of the gospel, but as you, as a messenger of the gospel, we take our text today from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to read around through verse 21, 2 Corinthians 5, beginning at verse 17. Last week, we had a verse of scripture, and we talked about the context we're in the same situation this week where we look at one particular passage of Scripture many times and we just isolate it. But I want you to understand the context. Why was that verse written? So 2 Corinthians 5.17, if you've been through essentials and you've been through it with Rachel, you know that this is the theme for that, ver- for that class. 2 Corinthians 5.17 is where we're going to begin. Say this verse with me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. That's good news, isn't it? Let's go on even further. The next verse says this. All this is from God. What is the this he's referring to? Being a new creation, being in Christ. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ this is the part I like not counting people's sin against them everybody said thank you Jesus and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation We are therefore, because of this ministry of reconciliation, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Today we're going to talk about the message and the messenger. 
title of this message is Handle with Care. Father, bless this time in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. Christmas season has passed, and I know that it seems that more and more every year people are doing more shopping online. Uh, Amazon is uh, really popular among people, and it's been interesting that uh, sometimes you get a package. How many of you have ever gotten a package? Maybe you've gotten one recently, and the package came, they put it on your doorstep, and the irony was that it said handle with care but it looked like that package had been through Hades. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? And so they're trying to help in terms of making safer deliveries. And uh, I think the big craze now is that there are drone deliveries in some of the larger cities. And I, I saw a video of how uh, this package comes off the line and there's a drone that picks it up and carries it somewhere out in the city and sets it down perfectly and then the drone flies away and the family comes out and it's like and they look at the drone as it's leaving when we talk about a delivery I'm talking about a human delivery system when we look in the scripture and understand that Jesus is talking about human beings as the one who carry a message I was made aware of the fact that two or three years ago when ISIS came through a town in Syria and the town was called Raqqa that they came in and they actually began to paint over the beautiful murals that were in that town they also painted over the monuments that were in that town and they wouldn't let people in and out of the city and if you defied their edict then they would actually take you to the town square and execute you publicly. But there were a few individuals who said the world must know about the atrocities that are taking place in this little town. And so they set up some type of a network where they could relay the messages to other individuals and towns. And it was not always electronic. People had to carry the message and they ran with the message and a lot of the things that we know about were not as a result of Wolf Blitzer and Christiana Manpour and all of these individuals who are reporters and they, uh, they report the news to us on television. The reason we, knew, we know and we knew about some of those atrocities was because of these individuals who carried the message and they handled it with care so that they could let the people know. They risked their lives to get the true message out. And to these individuals, the message was important. And so they handled it with care. And here's the situation for us. We had been tortured by sin. We had been enslaved by the father of lies. But Jesus came and set us free. Now we are messengers of this great message in these days. And this message must be, must be handled with care as we deliver it to those who need to hear the message. So what is the message? 
Let's talk about that message. The theme of this sermon today is handled with care, and so let's talk about that message. The message in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is simply this. Be reconciled to God. You be reconciled to God. Now the Greek word here is katalasso, and that term actually means a return to favor. Reconcile. Re means to do again. Concile. We get the term conciliatory. So reconcile. Be brought back to favor with God. Man lost that favor in the garden, but through Christ, man can be reconciled to God. It's a return to favor. We think about the prodigal son in Luke chapter 16. And this son went into a far country, spent his inheritance, but yet it was the father who loved him. And the Bible says while he was a long way off, he ran to him, fell on his neck and kissed him and hugged him and had a party for him. And they killed the fatted calf and they had filet mignon and they had, they had a ribeye steak and what was left over they made hamburgers. Whatever they did, they had a great time. And they, they put the shoes on him and a robe on him and, thing, and a ring on his finger and he put him back in a place of authority and he was brought back to his father. And here's something that I want to, this doesn't cost you anything extra. The young man thought that he could exist on the father's stuff. There are a lot of people who are blessed by the Father's stuff and they're trying to find happiness with the Father's stuff, the things that he provided. But I want to tell you, you will never be happy until you are reconciled to the Father and you know him personally. And so we've got to be reconciled to him. There's that Greek word, katalasso. It also carries the idea of exchanging one thing for another. Exchanging one thing for another. We had sin, but God took it through the person of Jesus Christ. And we were made righteous. We had decay, but we, now it's been turned into delight. We had fear, but now it's been turned into favor. We had the horror of our future, but now we have heaven for our future. We were pitiful, but now we're powerful. And we've been restored to relationship with God the Father. And that's the good news today. A lot of people try to make it hard. They try to complicate it. But the reason man has problem is because he is separated from his father, separated from God, separated from the source. And so Paul says, you must be reconciled to God. If you are reconciled to God, you will find your purpose for living. I'm glad that I was reconciled to God. The, the, the statute that I had defied, God had to pour out His wrath on His Son to take my place. But I'm glad today that relationship has been restored. You know what I'm talking about. When you're out with someone and there's a problem, there's a, a breath of fresh air that begins to flow over you when you are reconciled to that person. I want to tell you today that you have been reconciled to your maker, reconciled to the creator, reconciled to the source of life, reconciled to the one who blesses, reconciled to your, your baptizer, 
reconciled to the one who gives the gifts of his Holy Spirit. He's the source. He's God. And you won't get anywhere without him. So hear the words of this pastor today. If you want your life to count and be made right, be reconciled to God today. Be reconciled to him. And so it's a return to favor. And here's the beautiful thing about it. We've got to get this right. We've got to get our theology right. A lot of people say, I found God. Or I came to God. You couldn't find God if you had a slide rule and a microscope. and You couldn't find God anywhere. Here's the deal. God found you. He found you. His grace reaches out. And here's the beauty of it. God takes the initiative to reconcile us. Bible speaks about it. In verse 18, it says, All this is from who? It's from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. When you look at the New Testament, it doesn't speak of, be, of God being reconciled to man, although that did happen, but man being reconciled back to God. It's not that God is estranged from us. God is always reaching out to us. But our sin alienated us from God. Our disobedience did it, and our disobedience brings Distance. Say that with me. Disobedience. That's a new word, but you know what? That may sound right. Disobedience will breed other disobedience. Let me write that down. I'm gonna... Disobedience breeds distance. When I disobeyed my father, there was a, a problem there. And it wasn't until that was restored. But the beautiful thing is that my dad was always reaching out to me. He said many times, son, you're going to talk to me. We're going to make this situation right. See, our sin alienated us from God. But God took the initiative. We couldn't dare move in his direction in our flesh. But he did the work. He did the work of reconciliation. That's the message. And the beautiful thing is this. God always takes the initiative. God has been the one to initiate everything. God initiated the world. He initiated creation. He initiated the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom. He initiated man being created in the garden. He initiated all the things that were there for their benefit. When, when man fell, God initiated the plan of salvation. When Israel was created, it was God who raised up Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. God did all of that. When they got into bondage after Joseph had passed off of the scene, it was God who initiated their deliverance. It was God who initiated their, the kingdom of, of the children of Israel on earth in the sense that Israel was a kingdom and it had kings. It was God who initiated the prophets to call them back to God. It was God's plan to send Jesus. He initiated that. He initiated the calling of the 12 disciples. He initiated the church. He initiated the outpouring of the Spirit. He initiated out, reach out, reaching out to us today. He initiates the gospel going to the four corners of the earth. God is the one who initiates it. You can't start anything. It all begins with God. He's the one who takes the initiative. And I'm glad that he reached out to me. 
So therefore, be reconciled to God. Realize He takes the initiative. That's the second part of the message. Third part of the message, it is the work of God through Christ. It is the work of God through Christ. That's what the Bible says, especially in verse 19. And He has committed to us, let's go to the first part, that God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. I have a question. How could He not count our sin against us? We did it. We did it. You did it. Turn your neighbor and say, you did it. Men, look at your wives and say, I did it. <laughs> Remember the little cartoon, Family Circus? And the children were always doing a little, some breaking something, whatever. But they had this little ghost figure with a shirt on called Not Me. And mommy would say, who broke this vase or this vase? And say, who broke it? Not me. And not me is running around the house. He's the one that gets blamed for everything. No, there's no not me here. You did it. Well, I'm a good guy. No, you were born in it. You were separated from God from the very beginning. But it is the work through Christ. Christ took our sin. He took our penalty. And the price for our disobedience, listen, the price for your disobedience was on Jesus. And there are groups today who really feel that somehow through our works and through all of the things that we accomplish, somehow we can make our way back to God. There are a lot of cults today that have a, a shield or a shroud of truth. But if they're teaching that you can work your way back to God, I'm telling you that is false teaching. And are a lot of people, listen, in church who say, well, God saved me. Now I'm going to finish the rest by my works. And listen, anything that you do is to bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. And your works are fruit of what God has already done in you. You can't earn your way. But yet, it is God working in us through Christ. And so he doesn't count the sin against us. The beauty is that the sin could ultimately destroy us, but the good news is it could not destroy Jesus. He took that sin, he bore the penalty in his body, but on the third day he arose. I like to think that sin tried to overcome the Son of God, but the Son of God rose victoriously and triumphantly. I'm going to tell you today, he wore sin out. He defeated sin. And so today when I'm tempted and the, and the enemy tries to pull me away, I have to say, I put my trust in Jesus. Enemy, my God, through Christ, has already worn you out. Get out of my territory. My faith and my hope is in Jesus Christ. That doesn't cost you anything extra. You want to overcome temptation, put your trust in Jesus. Run to Jesus. Don't run here, there, there. Read this, do this. Run a, go out and do all these things. Try to get a help, whatever. That's good. You're not a little, yeah, everybody needs a little bit of help. But you need to run to Jesus. Get in His Word. Overcome by the power of God. It's through the power of Christ that we have been reconciled. And He has taken that sin and that penalty. So I have the power to overcome. I kind of think about it like this. You remember that commercial 
when they used to have, it was, it was an old commercial, I think it might have been in black and white. It might have been in color, but we didn't have a color TV in, in the late 60s. And they had this, it was for off. How many of you remember off spray? It probably had all that stuff in it that was bad back then. But they had this man, and he would stick his hand in a little case, and there were mosquitoes in it. And I thought to myself, looking back at that, a lot of people would say, he's going to get malaria. But anyway, he sticks his hand in there, and they start to bite on the skin, whatever, and he shakes it off, and then he sprays it off. And he puts it back in, and he says, they won't even bite. They won't even light. It's off. And I think about it. Listen, when we have the blood of Jesus, we're walking in the Word, and His goodness and His grace is filling our lives. I'm telling you I love Jesus today. When you begin to understand His grace and goodness, the enemy says, I better watch out. I can't mess with that man. I can't mess, I can't mess with Ruth. She'll pray me away. I don't even bite. I don't even light on her because I know that God is going to win the victory. There are a lot of people who are not strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, and they enemy has taken advantage of you when God has said, I have given you sin repellent. Get it in you. Let God work in your life and overcome today. It's the work of God through Christ. And this is the revival message of our day. A lot of people try to define the message. It is not a different message. The message is this. Be reconciled to God. Get right with God. There are a lot of people who have throughout history and they've said, well, this was a Pentecostal revival or this was a spiritual gifts revival or this was a praying revival or this was a different kind of revival. I really believe that the revival that we need is a revival of reconciliation to God. This is the cure for division. It is the cure for hatred. It is the cure for emptiness. It is the cure for sorrow. The cure for today. It's the cure for our tomorrows. It's the cure for whatever is happening in our lives. Get right with God. Love Him. Serve Him. Get deep repentance to work in your life and let God transform you. I believe this is the revival that God wants to bring. A revival of reconciliation. There are a lot of people who are trying to name it and trying to label it. But I want to tell you, we've had a lot of different revivals. But we don't need uh, that all these different revivals... The revival that we need is revival of getting right with God on our face before God, repenting before God, acknowledging Him as the creator of all things. We don't need a revival of music and let's call it a revival of creativity. Let's have a, a revival of technology. We need a revival of organization. No, God's saying, I don't want to give you a revival of music or instruments or, or, or all of these types of things or cool worship sets or all these different types of things that are happening happening. Well, we need a dance revival. We need a prophecy revival. We need a laughter revival. We need all this type of thing. Listen, I'm going to tell you, if you get God in the midst of it and he begins to work in lives, I'm going to tell you, you'll have a revival. We'll have to shut the drug dealers down. We'll have to do a lot of things. People will begin to change their lives. I'm telling you, there will be some change in our society. People will begin to serve God. Listen, let's not label God, but let's let God do what he came to do 
and that is to reconcile man to himself. Oh God, reconcile us in your day. Let us be close to you in our day. Well, pastor, some of those things might happen. Yeah, that's right. They might. But I'm looking for a heart. I'm looking for heart change. I'm looking for people who are hungry for Jesus. And they leave the will right there. I was telling someone earlier today that when I met Jesus at age four, that's when my death began. And I am less alive today as a result of Jesus becoming alive in me. And he's still got a lot of work to do. He's got a lot of work to do in all of us. So we've got a powerful, powerful message today. And the message is be reconciled to God. Now let's go to the next part of this message. The message is entrusted to the messengers. Turn your neighbor and say he's talking about you now. You've got to see yourself as God sees you. If you've been redeemed, you've been reconciled to God through Christ, then the word says he has committed unto the pastor the message of reconciliation. He might give it to some of the ushers. You know, he, He's given it to Pastor Shad. He, he's given it to some of the, maybe some of the greeters. I don't know about some of those greeters, I'll tell you. He's, he's, given it to, he's given it to Pastor Tawana. I don't know. Maybe she, she likes to cut up too much. I don't know if he's he going to get her or not. Listen, it doesn't matter. If you've been redeemed, if you've been washed in the blood, welcome. You are now an ambassador of Almighty God. That's who you are. You know, we sing the song, I'm loved by God. and I'm, That's... I love you, Lord, and it's who you are, and who I am, and who they are, and all that. You know, but you are an ambassador for Christ. Now, I want to tell you what kind of ambassador you are. In the Roman world, there were two different types of provinces. The first type of province was called a senatorial province. Senatorial province. The senate was uh, in charge of that particular province. It was pretty much a peaceful area. There were, was no military there, and they were pretty much able to get this in order. And so that's what a senatorial province was. And, and the senate or the senators were somehow ambassadors for Rome. But it was kind of peaceful. But then there was another type of province. And it is called an imperial province. And an imperial province was an area where there was somehow turbulence and rebellion. And there were troops stationed in the imperial province. But yet this was directly under the emperor's control. Remember this. Directly under the emperor's control. When you look and understand in the scripture, and even during the time of Jesus, we understand that there was that this prophet's, uh, this type of situation was existing. Judea, do you remember that there were government troops there, and those government troops were under the authority of whom? Oh, come on. 
Who, who was? Somebody say Rome. Bail me out. Come on, help me. Who was in charge? There was a, there was a, a pilot was there. And, and these individuals represented whom? They represented the emperor. And this, these Judean people, there's some wild people out there. We got to bring them in line. Part of the crucifixion of Jesus was to say that Rome was in charge here. Are you with me today? All right, I want us to turn that. Paul is saying, in essence, Paul is saying that we are ambassadors. He saw the role of believers as imperial ambassadors. You are representing the emperor. You are not just some Johnny come lately. No, you have direct commission from the God of the universe, and he is saying to you, I have given you the authority through Christ to go and to reconcile and to bring people into favor with God. I want to tell you something today. There, it is more than you just being a believer and saying, well, I'm just trying to hang on. Listen, you have been given a place of authority. You've been given a place of power. Listen, it changes my whole outlook when I begin to say, God, you have not just saved me, you've saved me for something. God has put his stamp on you and said, you represent me when you go to the grocery store. You represent me when you go to a place where you do business and uh, the car dealership. You represent me. When you go to work, you represent me. When you go to the school, you represent me. When you are at home, you represent me. Uh-oh. All right, pastor, you, you went along. You've gone along enough now. Let's move on to something else. Listen, you represent God wherever you go. You are an ambassador of God. And Paul says, in essence, you are like an imperial, an imperial ambassador. You you represent the emperor. You represent the God of all things. And you are saying, just as Paul did to the churches, be reconciled to God. You are important in the kingdom. God can do anything that he wants. But I'm thankful that he's chosen people like you and like me. And like me, to carry this message. And so he's making his appeal through you, says 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. So when I go out in this congregation, God is basically saying he is making his appeal through Gail. When you go to, to the flower shop and there's Gail and she's making these beautiful creations and, and uh, all of these things and these men come in and they don't know what to get their, their lovely spouse or their, their girlfriend or whatever and Gail says, I will help you. And so she, and Gail, it represents Jesus where she is working. <coughs> working. And so all of you, uh, Gary, even Gary's a representative of Jesus. Man, I want to meet an ambassador of Jesus. Well, Todd, there, he's an ambassador for Jesus. Here, here's a, my main man. He's got a Virginia sweater on. Even you can be a representative of Jesus. So you are, you're an ambassador for Jesus. You, that's how important it is. And so I want you to understand that you are not just anybody. You have been given the authority of Almighty God to go and reconcile. 
That's how he's placed it. That's how he's intended for it to be. That's why we've got to evangelize our communities. Christ has has representatives everywhere. And so therefore, one of the things that, that happened in an area where they took it over, they were to bring them under the control of the Roman authorities. And one particular commentator said was to welcome them into the family of Rome. I think about the fact that we are welcoming people into the family of God. There was an old song we used to sing, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God, washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Join in with Jesus as we, or join heirs with Jesus as we travel this sod. I'm, I'm glad I'm part of the family, the family of God. We belong to a wonderful, wonderful family. And so there's those of you who are here today and you say, well, I don't have a good family situation. My home is not right. My, my spouse is not right. Things aren't going well. Good news. You belong to the family of God. You belong to the greatest family that has ever existed. You've been reconciled to God. He's brought you into his favor. He's brought you and he's exchanged your sin for his salvation. Your your destiny has been changed. And as a result, I'm telling you, I'm so glad I represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I used to represent a lot of things. When I was a kid and a teenager, I represented this band. I I represented, uh, I used to work for Golden Skillet Fried Chicken and they wanted me to wear the Golden Skillet hat. They wanted me to wear that yellow shirt. They wanted me to do, I, I represented a school. I represented different things. And a lot of people might say, well, well, you represent Glad Tidings Church. Well, yes, we all do. But most importantly, I represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God of all creation, the Most High God, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the most powerful one, the Almighty One, the Deliverer, the Savior, the one who can change my darkness to light, the one who can change my emptiness to me being full. I represent Him, and I don't know anybody else I'd rather represent. Thank you, God, that you reconciled me to you, and I can represent you today. Give him thanks that he changed you and he transformed you. Hallelujah. All right, let's get in the home stretch. I've been, I, people say, Pastor, you're preaching too long. So here we go. I'm going to try to shorten it up today. Therefore, three things. Number one, you got a new message. You used to have an old message, and the old message of never being good enough. But in Christ, according to Psalm chapter 40, verses 2 and 3, he lifted you out of a slimy pit of the mud and mire, and he set, his, set your feet on a rock, and he gave you a place to stand. That's why when there were people in bondage, and a runner would come to let them know that their, their battle had been won, and the people who were in prison, they, they sent people to them to say, our side has won the victory. All the prisoners of war are going to be released. That's why they used the verse that said, how lovely on the mountains are the feet of them who bring good news. And the good news was is that God reigns. We've got a new authority. We come under the dominion of the Lord. We used to be under the dominion of, of the enemy, but now we're under the dominion of the Lord, the kingdom of His dear Son. We have a new constitution. We were under the law. Now we're under grace. We have new peace. Psalm 32 and verse 4 
David said, Day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped like the heat in summer. But then I acknowledged my sin. You forgave the guilt of my sin. Now you've got peace today. Having peace with God. What an awesome message. You've got a new life in Christ. Secondly, you've got a new voice. You used to speak for yourself. You used to speak selfishly. You spoke about your condition and how you lamented over it. But now we speak for Jesus. And 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2 talks about a word in season that God gives to us. And we look for ways in which we can bring the message of reconciliation to people who don't know that message. And so in verse and number 3, we have a new responsibility and honor to honor. Honor the King of Kings. We're an ambassador for Him. And it's when, when a person comes from another country, tell me if I'm right, when a person comes from another country or another city and you see them, don't you get, begin to make judgments on that place where they live because of how they talk or how, what they wear or what they say? You know, you, you do. It's just human nature. And so... You have a certain dialect. And there are people who can say, well, I know where he's from. He, he represents her. Here's Ed Strong over here. And Ed's from Boston. Yeah? And he, he speaks for Boston, you know. And uh, he likes the Patriots. Yeah. And, and, and if you're from Canada, it's, uh, I am Canada, eh? You know, that's where I'm from, eh? How about you, eh? And so... And if you're from down east, my Lord, soon I've been having a time. <laughs> we, we have a different voice. Here's, here's the deal. I think too many Christians have lost their voice. They still speak about their past. They still speak about all the struggles they have in their They still speak about the negative things and how bad it is and how terrible it is in my town and my family, whatever. Let me tell you something. You have been redeemed. You have been set on a solid rock. And you have a new voice. You can rejoice in the Lord. And, yeah, and you know, it's, I'm, I'm going to just tell you, I am tired of the glass half empty. I'm telling you, on your worst day, Jesus is still Lord. I'm going to praise him. You know what? I, I think about it a lot of times when I was a kid and, and uh, man, I used to beg for mayonnaise sandwiches. You know, and I remember, and there's some people, let me tell you something. If all you got is a mayonnaise sandwich, call me. We'll come and we'll celebrate together. I'm telling you, our God is good even if it's rough for you. Well, Pastor, this happened to me and, <laughs> and I, I know we go through those times and I know the enemy says, I got you now. That that's exactly what he wants you to do. He wants you to change your mindset. He wants you to complain. He wants you to fuss. He wants you to look at all the things that are wrong. I want to tell you, Jesus turned this world upside down, and what was wrong, he made it right. What, what was night, he turned it to day. What was pitiful, he made it powerful. You've got something to praise the Lord about. I am a victor. I am an overcomer. I represent him. I have a new responsibility. I have an honor to, to minister to, in his name. I'm thankful for what he's done. I'm glad that I serve him today. And God is good. The message is be reconciled to God. And I am a messenger of that. That message and I wear it proudly. Amen. I'm going to stop right there.
Amen. Thank you for listening to the Glad Tidings Church podcast. For more sermons, please search for Glad Tidings Church on Podbean and iTunes. For more information regarding our church, Sunday morning services, and other groups and gatherings, please visit our website at gladtc.com.